Thanks for joining us for the Connect Podcast. I'm Cole Phillips, the lead pastor of the Connection Church, and every week we're going to look into the Bible to find out how God's Word connects to our everyday lives. It's going to be life-changing. The Connect Podcast is produced every week for your growth and inspiration. You can find all the show notes at makingtheconnection.org. You can also find the podcast on your favorite podcasting service, Follow me on Twitter at Cole Phillips and on Facebook and Instagram. You'll find all the links in the show notes. Now, let's get into the study. All right. Hey, welcome to the Connect Podcast. I'm so glad that you're joining us here this morning, today, as we get into this, we get into the Bible so we can get the Bible in our lives, so that we can get it out of our lives, into the world around us. And uh, it's going to be exciting today because I've got my good friend, Pastor Rowdy, with us. And we're going to be talking today about ways that our life can make a greater impact. Ways that our life, uh, that God can use us to lead our friends to Jesus. And so we're we're going to be following uh, Acts chapter 16, verses 11 through 40. It's kind of a longer passage than we normally look at. Hey, Rowdy. What's going on? What's going on with you, man? Are you excited to be on the Connect podcast? Absolutely. All right, man. Thank Can't you wait. for thank you for joining me. Of course. And uh, you know, I I've invited Rowdy to to join me today because Rowdy, as uh, he was out in the what we call the marketplace in the business world, and he's he was uh, working at at Texas Roadhouse, and and week after week we would see people that would come into our church at the Connection Church. And uh, they would they would be responding to Jesus, taking steps because of the witness that Rowdy had in his life. And so he's not just living it out in the church, but he's living it out outside of the walls of the church. It's good. Yeah. Cool. Can you you know of a one of those people? Can you think of any of those experiences that uh, like by name? You don't have to or, call out okay. names. Um, yeah, there was a. a, a couple of times i think one time in in particular um you know i think just through through how i was living i'm not sitting here trying to brag on anything like that but i think my life started to take a turn when i really started to dedicate my life to jesus and and building the church and serving and getting more plugged in Um, i think i was able to carry that outside of the church and i think in this world the world that we live in today i think a lot of people have this stereotype of oh they're just a christian or they just believe in jesus inside the the church yeah. and then out there there's yeah, someone else doing whatever. and so you carry that over to like you said the the workplace the marketplace yeah. the outside of a, the church and um there was a moment and it really stuck out to me when I was a manager at Roadhouse at the time and um I went over to drop off food or something and I was talking to one of the employees and they just asked me you know what what church do you go to yeah. it was just word of mouth there was something different and, yeah. and people were coming and so that was a cool you know, it was right after a prayer that I had asked, like, you know, God, I don't really necessarily want to be where I'm at right now. Um, it's kind of a, an answer from God, like, hey, if you're not going to do it, who yeah. is? And that's yeah. kind of been a challenge that I've kind of challenged our teenagers, challenged the church. Um, I think it's easy to do it when when you do it so well. Um, you know, I've watched you for years rush off the stage mm-hmm. from speaking um, to connecting with a first-time guest. And I think we can get lost in that, like, 
one, many of them where they're at, yeah. um, but also when they come into the church, why would we give them an excuse not to to come back by not talking to them, yeah. first time guests, whatever the case is. So that's yeah. been a huge, huge part of you know what you guys do and, and just kind of something we carried through. And obviously Jesus yeah. tells us to do that too. So Yeah. Well, as we get into Acts chapter 16, verse 11, we're going to see three stories, three stories of people that Paul and his mission friends, his mission partners uh, impacted, and they all have different backgrounds. They all have different uh, stories, and uh, we're, we're going to see there's a, there's a young businesswoman. She's probably single. There's a slave girl who was possessed by a demon, and uh, you know, as you look at her, we, we think of and this is kind of old school because we don't really have that so much now. But, you know, yeah. we used to have goth kids and, you know, the kids dressed all in, in black and stuff. And right. and so it kind of gives me that picture with her. But there's also a Roman jailer. And all three of these people, uh, their lives were radically changed when they were introduced to Jesus. And uh, so it's important for us to remember that nobody is too far. Nobody is right. too far gone. We tend to write people off. We, we judge them by their outside appearance or their sure. lifestyle, and we say, oh, they'll never come to Christ. But the fact is, God loves them more than, than we do. God wants them to become part of His family. God wants to save them and forgive them. So the first one, the first story is about Lydia, who was a businesswoman. She sold purple cloth. And uh, so look in verse 11. It just says, from Troas, we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace, and the next day we went on to Neapolis. So Paul and his missionary friends, they're going, and they traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony, and the leading city of that district of Macedonia, and we stayed there several days. By the way, one um, one principle of evangelism and witnessing that I don't even think I'm going to mention later on, but it's like going to strategic places. You know, when yep. you there are certain places that uh, that have influence over other places, you know. So for example, Buda here, we follow a lot of the rules uh, and the, the governing governance of Austin, the, the, the city of Buda. If Austin does it, the city of Buda follows. And so yeah. Austin is one of those cities that is a, an influential city. Um, but uh, in verse 13, it says, on the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the woman who had the women who had gathered there, and one of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. So she wasn't uh, a Christian, but she was seeking. She was seeking God and wanted to know Him, and um, God opened her heart. Okay, so in verse 15, when she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. So where did they go? They went to this place of prayer. And usually this would be at the synagogue or the church, you know, the temple. But here it was just this informal gathering. They met this uh, influential businesswoman, uh, successful perhaps businesswoman, because that purple cloth was very expensive. And we see that once she trusts in Jesus, she's baptized uh, as a testimony of her faith. And, and this just reminds me that there's no waiting period for baptism. Right. Um, it's the first step of obedience for a new Christian. And um, and some people think, well, I will get baptized when the sun, moon, and stars align. 
And, you know, this person, Uncle Uncle Jed or whatever is able to come and, yeah. and I want to do this in the river, but it's got to be perfect weather. And it's like, no, 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 no. What's stopping you from being baptized, taking that step of obedience right now? And so yeah. we we at the Connection Church have baptism Sundays, but we every Sunday's baptism yeah. Sunday. If somebody's ready to go public, we do that. Then we see, I'm just laying this biblical foundation of this, the the this slave girl, and it says that in verse 16, once we we're going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. So you can think about like modern day psychics today who are trying to, you know, fortune tellers and reading horoscopes and all of this. And she earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. So she was enslaved. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. And so she's actually saying, follow these guys. They're telling the truth. But it was more, maybe it was like in a mocking way or something, you know, like she's like, these men are, or, or her, just her witness, quote unquote, witness alone, since she was possessed, that wasn't, that wasn't a good uh, look. You know, it wasn't like nobody trusted what this girl was saying. So she kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her and um, she is set free. But as a result of this in verse 19, when her owners realized their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they'd been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in stock. So they found themselves in jail for leading people to, to Jesus. You know, around the world today, that actually happens. There's many places around the world that if you try to convert someone, you try to tell someone that uh, that they need Jesus in their life, that is a crime that they will put you in jail for. And, um, you know, it, it can happen. It can happen. But then we see this prison guard. Okay, so this is actually a longer passage. Maybe I can just sort of, I, I want to read at least the first part. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. I guess they could sing, I don't know, or maybe it was so bad people were listening. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. This was the original jailhouse rock. And at once, all the prison doors flew open. Everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up. He drew his sword. He was about to kill himself because he thought they'd escaped. And Paul said, don't harm yourself. We're all here. And the jailer called for the lights. And then he asked them, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said in verse 31, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all the others in the house. And and then the, the jailer uh, immediately says he and all of his home, his household were baptized. Uh, the jailer brought them into his house and fed them. And, and he was filled with joy. So the whole family was 
was baptized, and then they were um, they were released actually to go out and witness some more. Okay, so this is this is kind of how this went down, um, and in this we see a lot of ideas and principles of evangelism. Like evangelism is sharing your faith, it's witnessing, telling yeah. people about Jesus, bring them into God's family. How do we do that? Okay, first principle, Rowdy. Yep. Let the Holy Spirit lead you to the right people. Okay, let's talk about that. Let the Holy Spirit lead you to the right people. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a, a huge thing um, in, our, in our walks with, uh, with Jesus. I think that's a huge part of, of, uh, of connecting and being tuned into what God's asking you to do and um, reminding yourself that uh, we, don't, we don't save people. Uh-huh. Kind of superhero syndrome. Yeah, um, I've 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 dealt with that personally. Yeah, um, I know many people struggle with that, um, and and God's going to put the right people in your life. Um, His Holy Spirit draws them. Um, right, and you're just a, a vessel. I think is the is the terminology right. in that. But God is using you in that moment. Um, John six uh, verse forty four. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them. So so the idea there is that. You know, God's spirit is already working. Just like with Lydia, you know, she was a believer in God or a worshiper of God. So she was a seeker is the term that we use. A seeker, some people say no one seeks God. But the fact is there are times in people's lives where they hit rock bottom. They're Mm. going through a a problem. Um, You know, they're they're having financial issues, marriage issues, um, fear, depression, and they're they're looking for an answer, and God's Spirit can move, and that's why it's important that we pray for people um, before we talk with our friends about God. We need to talk to God about yeah. our friends, and you know God's gonna <laughs> God's gonna um, show you who I'm thinking of, and I'm not. I don't really play video games, but, um, but I'm, I do. You do, <laughs> and I'm thinking of. You know, when you're playing that video game and then there's there's certain people, they, they sort of light up or mm-hmm. something, you know, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, that's something I. <laughs> yeah, whether it's a teammate or whether uh-huh. it's someone, uh-huh. you know, in the game. Yeah. To, to finish the game, I have to, you know, whatever, attack or yeah. playing Fortnite. Yeah. And so in this sense, what them. I'm thinking of in this sense is like, you know, bing, you see this and it's like, that's a person like God's spirit is right. moving in them. And you can tell that sometimes. You know, um, you, you you just see that God is working in their life, and well, yeah. I, I was gonna say, I think more in your language, like spidey senses. Yeah, the, the highlights around like this. <laughs> that's right. That's at. right. Uh, I think that's too, right. it's also important to to remember when you're talking about seeking that everybody has a, a God sized hole. Oh, come on, yeah, in, in their heart. And yeah. I think whether they realize it or not, yeah. they're looking for something. Yeah. We're all searching for something. I think that's a key thing that gives me encouragement. That gives me confidence, not in my own abilities, but like, oh, at some level, someone is going to be seeking something. We're curious people by nature. That's that's who we're all designed. The level of your curiosity is dependent upon who you are and how you're designed. But we're all curious. Why are they responding this way? Right. Yeah. I go back to the story at, at yeah. Roadhouse. There's something different about me in that moment. That's like. I want that, you know, and I see it in teenagers. I see it in adults. We see it everywhere we go. Someone want, is curious as to why are you doing that? Well, it starts with a question. So I think that's important to know that, yeah, that everybody is a seeker. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, you know, the, the next thing is just 
we're talking about building bridges to the world. Yeah. Uh, you, if you're going to reach people, you've got to go where people are. That's it's good. really uh, tempting to today, especially to sort of hide out in our yeah. hidey holes and our houses and, and also then just come into the church. Uh, but we need to intentionally place ourselves in places right. where we're interacting, rubbing shoulders, talking with, with um, unchurched people, with non-Christian people. And, where are they? Well, they're everywhere. Yeah. They're in the, the gym. They're in the parks. They're, they're uh, at the store. And uh, we need to go where the people are yep. and, um, and connect. Um, it's, it's, uh, you find some, you know, some, some common ground really uh, is the key here. Finding some common ground as you start a conversation. Some people would say, Rowdy, some people would say, uh, isn't it wrong to have a, an ulterior motive? Mm. Uh, it, you know, oh, I'm going to become friends with you because sure. I want to lead you to Jesus. And they say, that's, you know, that's not right. That's not right. Um, what would you say about that? I would say, and I, you say this all the time, and maybe that's why I say it, but I, I'll kind of put a spin on it. Uh, it's the most friendly and loving thing that you can do. Yeah. Um, I think if it's an ulterior motive because, you know, you want, uh, you know, to be blessed by them yeah. at some level or oh, be yeah. taken care of, or I'm going to, I'm going to talk with them for a little bit. If that's your motive, then I, I don't believe that God honors that yeah. or has, has his hand in that in any way. I think when you're trying to advance the kingdom of heaven, um, that's our goal, right? In, in youth ministry, our goal is not to have every seat filled by a teenager that is, a, you know, a byproduct. Mm-hmm. But the goal is, man, I want, I want to populate heaven. Like that's yeah. what we're doing this for: letting people walk into a relationship with Jesus and walk with them as best we can through that. But ultimately, leading them like, like the whole family, right? I think it's, it's adamant in the jailer uh, story that that says that he goes to to get his sword to kill himself because that was his only purpose. Yeah. And so his immediate response is like. I failed in my job. Let me yeah. just end it now. Yeah. And Paul's like, oh, hold on. And to me, when I interpret that is like, there's much more to life than just this. Yeah. You know, and I think when you can get inside of that and, and, and advance the kingdom and tell them about, you don't have to carry shame anymore. You don't have to carry guilt anymore. You can walk into a relationship with Jesus who, who freely, and it cost him something. Yeah. But, but it costs nothing to you other than to say yes to Jesus and turn your whole life around. And I believe that's where, Life yeah, change happens. You find, he found a much bigger purpose, right? Yep. And uh, it's, it's awesome how God can take our small efforts That's good. and he can use them for big results. I think about um, last week I heard a story of a, a woman in our church who uh, her whole family's been coming to church together and, mm. and they're, they're walking with Jesus. In fact, her son was baptized recently. And the way that she came to church was we had a, a community event at Halloween or the, mm. it's a fall festival yep. and we were out there, it was raining, it was cold. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, it was challenging to do it and you don't even know what, it, you know, what comes of that until you hear the stories later on, yeah. the way God uses our little efforts um, to, to do big things. And you were mentioning that Philippian jailer, you know, his whole family came yeah. to Jesus. And so that, that's something that we prioritize is reaching out to whole right. families. Right. Um, and, and groups of people can come to Jesus at the same time as well. There's a missions principle called the, uh, it's called the homogenous principle of missions. And, and, and what it means is that 
that people like to be around people that they're like. And it's it's not really a good thing, but it's just sort of human wiring that people like to be. It's like when we say like attracts like, you know, um, but um, it you know, we can push back against that, um, but it's kind of the way people are wired. But at the same time, yeah. I want to say I love the Connection Church because we actually, the church itself reflects our community. And there's a lot of people with different backgrounds. Now, I I don't say that we're multicultural because we have one culture, but we're, you know, we're, we, there's a wide range of people from all backgrounds and, uh, you know, all kinds of backgrounds, uh, whether it's, um, whether it's financial or uh, or it's in your in your race or or in your uh, just where you've where you've come from, you know, there's just differences. Uh, there are times though when whole groups of people yeah. uh, will come to Jesus at once, and so uh, we see that we see that here. Also, uh, here's another principle: there's no one right way to reach people. There's no one right way. So Paul and his friends, they are adapting with each of these people uh, that they're reaching. They're adapting their methods based on their circumstances. Yeah. In uh, in Philippi, they go to the river and they pray. And uh, then that lets them connect with all kinds of different people. First uh, Corinthians 9.22 says, I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. Now, as I was thinking about this, as I was thinking about this, Rowdy, um, he says, I've become all things to all people so I may save some. Does that mean that uh, he's being fake, that he's being phony? How do you you connect with all kinds of different people or becoming all things to all people? How, How does that work? Uh, yeah, that's, that's tricky. And I think at some point, maybe even I thought that was, that was being phony. Um, I look at who, uh, who Jesus is and what we see in, in, in the Bible uh-huh. and him hanging out with sinners and uh-huh. the broken of the broken and the people that were looked down upon. Yeah. Um, and I just, I look at that and I, I see, um, that's, that's what he did. And so the best way I can model that is, is. You're finding common ground with people. That was no place, uh, really, for a king, yeah. savior of the universe, to be yeah. hanging out. And finding common ground with people is always going to be a way. I've never, if maybe, maybe that's a little too bold of me to say. I very rarely hear people, you know, tell people the gospel and then receive it, hear it um, by yelling at them or, you know, this, this idea of, you know, street preaching is, is great, but there's some aggressive street oh, preachers yeah. out there. Oh yeah. And there's no Turner burn. Yeah. Turner there's burn. no, there's no actual thing to be able to bond over and say, I, I like this. Do you like this? And you know, if you're well-versed in a lot of different things, it's probably easy for you, but what do you do if you're not, you know, if you have no idea, um, you can find something. People love to talk about themselves and that may sound terrible. We go back to that ulter- ulterior motive thing. Like you, Love to talk about themselves, love to hear about what they're doing in their life. And so finding common ground is always an easy way for people to receive what you have to say. And again, if the message you're giving is anywhere, um, there's no message that compares to the message of yeah, Jesus and the story no of the life-changing power that comes with no that. No doubt. So, in terms of like talking with people, 
uh, we use a thing called form, which is uh, in in your head. You're thinking because uh, you, sometimes you're you're in a group of people, you're in a party or whatever, and mm-hmm. you know I don't know what to say to somebody. I don't know how to start a conversation. A lot of people have lost that art of yeah. having conversation. So form is uh, tell me about your family, tell me about your occupation, um, tell me about. I'm trying to remember what it is. Tell tell me about uh, what what would the R be? What would the R be? Relationships. Relationships. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah. And then then M. I think I think M stands for message. But it's like then I'm able to share. I'm able to share. You know, you can talk about hobbies. Yeah. You can talk about um, just just kind of interests. You know, that 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 you would have overlapping interests. Um, then also, uh, here's another principle. Be confident yeah. and bold in your witness. As you're sharing the gospel, you don't need to shy back. You don't need to be timid, and yeah. you don't need to be afraid. God is with you in this. He's got your back, and you have the truth. So Romans 16, uh, 116 says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone yeah. who believes. So, um, so we don't have to be ashamed. We talked about that power is the dynamite of God. It's yeah. the explosive power of God in our lives. Um, and then when Jesus sent out his disciples on mission, he gave them this instruction. He said in Luke twelve twelve, the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what needs to be said. Um, so, so, uh, you know, sometimes we, I don't know what to say. I, yeah. I'm worried about this, but, uh, you can be confident. You can be bold, uh, even in challenging situations. Also, um, your personal testimony, yeah. share your personal testimony because a lot of people, they don't feel like they know all the answers. They, right. I don't know all the Bible answers. What if they ask me something I don't know? Well, you, what you do know is you know your life and you know your it's own good. story. Yep. So, so um, your testimony is simply what your life was like before you met Jesus, yep. how you met Jesus, and then what has happened since. And you want to, you know, you don't have to glorify your past. If you had a really bad past, you don't have to, uh, you know, you don't have to make a lot out of that. You make a lot of the difference that Jesus right. has made in your life. Um, what would you say, um, Rowdy, if, if somebody says, well, I don't really have a great testimony. I kind of mm. have a boring testimony. Uh, I think the base level is you, you've been saved by Jesus. Come on. I think that's, I hate to say that's the base level, but it's yeah. that thing where it's like, I don't have a victory when you're, you're here this morning. You yeah. woke up today. Oh, you have, yeah. You always say this. You have a pulse. You have a purpose. Come on. Um, and I think that's so great. <laughs> Uh, to to remember, um, you know, I always tell teenagers specifically uh, when they're asked, "Well, I don't I don't know the Bible. I don't know how to share this with somebody." You may not know all of the entirety of the Bible, uh, but you know what God's done in your life, and you can share that. And I think that's the big part of you know making Jesus the center point of your testimony. Man, I was like this, but now because of this, I'm, I'm this is where I'm at now, and I think sharing that. But yeah, you you absolutely have a great testimony. Um, Jesus died on the cross for you. And he saw you worthy. Come maybe on. you didn't. And I think that's the, again, the greatest story ever told. Yeah. You know, uh, your story is powerful because yes. people can't argue with your story because it happened to you. That's good. Right? 
And, and then as you're, uh, here's another principle, listen more than you talk. We think our witness is, is like, yeah. I got to be talking right. uh, nonstop. Well, uh, God gave you two ears and one mouth. So we can listen to people's story. And when you listen, you're going to find uh, points of intersection. You're going to find points of need. So the Philippian jailer, he asked this question, what must I do to be saved? I mean, it's a very direct right. question. If somebody asks you that, Gosh. like that's a good chance. It's a, it's a, he was in right you're, there. You're in. Yeah. But, um, but Paul responds. He shares about how to be saved, to believe in, in the Lord Jesus. Yeah. And, uh, but people do have spiritual questions that they want to know. You know, they, they, they have, they have curiosity about spiritual things. First uh, Peter three fifteen says, "In your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have." Yes, always be pre- always be ready. Don't don't you know? Um, don't strike out when those you know those opportunities right. are given to you when you when you. But 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 in verse sixteen, he goes on. He says, "Do this with gentleness and respect, yeah. keeping a clear conscience." Um, and, and so that those who speak maliciously about your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. But yeah, there's a way to do it. You know, people who are not Christians, they're not your enemies. There is an enemy. He's real enemy uh, who, who is out to, to steal and kill and destroy your life. But, but so many people, if you see them as being held captive by the enemy, we're going to, we're going to love them into the kingdom. We're going to help them, uh, with gentleness and respectfully help them. Uh, in fact, what I say is you're never going to argue someone into God's family. That's good. <laughs> you might win the argument, and I've done that. I've, you know, I've, I love to debate and argue, but you can win that debate and you lose someone's heart in the process. Yeah, we used to. Um, before I got married, I lived in a house with a bunch of these guys that are, yeah, you know, on staff at our church and serving mm-hmm. in our church, um, and there was this. Dumb magnet. And I guess it's not dumb anymore because it's still many years has still stuck out to me. And it says, are you trying to prove that you're right or improve the relationship? Mm. And I think that's important when you're leading people to Christ. Yeah. Are you trying to prove a point? Are you trying to overpower them with, with something? Or are you trying to really allow them to accept Jesus? Yeah. Um, so their life can be drastically changed. Yeah. It's yeah. Good. So you gotta you gotta lead someone and not not push them, not push them in. But um you know, sometimes some people need to be uh, group um, tackled. You know, <laughs> some people need a group to come to come around them, and yep. and they we say people are believers, are belongers before they're believers, sure. and so one principle is invite them to church, invite yep. them into community. Yep. Um, at the end of that, this passage in Acts sixteen. Uh, Paul and Silas visit Lydia's house, and um, so so there is about coming into mm. community. Uh, that's really going to help people because new Christians need community and um, and support. And you know, trusting in Jesus that's not the the finish line. That is the starting line. Right. That's where it starts, right. and it's a process of growth. It's a process of discipleship in their life. Yeah. Another principle. <laughs> Do all you can and leave the results up to God. That's good. Because again, we 
don't save anybody. That's what Jesus does. And God can do so much more than we can do. And you never know about those seeds that you planted. Right. They are, they're going to continue to grow. And, and maybe your role is just to plant that seed or get that message out there. And someone else is going to come along and they're going to, you know, they're, they're going to get to uh, finish the, the process. Yeah. Um, so, and, but, it, but again, it's, it's our little that we do. We do right. a little and God can do a lot with it. If you step right. out in little ways, God's going to use that for big things. Um, you know, we we looked in this passage about the opposition yep. that Paul faced by the authorities. And it is very true that there's this idea in our culture today that says, oh, you don't need to be pushing your faith on me. You know, right. who are you to tell me? And the fact is, that's our, as Christians, that's our call yep. to not to push our faith, but to help others. Yep. And Paul actually, ha- you know, uh, there was, there was a, he, he had to face these consequences. Mm. Um, and, and don't, like, as I said, don't think that's not possible today. We also may face some consequences when we step up and we share our faith, sure. but we need to look for every way, every opportunity we can to uh, to lead people to Jesus, to share Jesus with confidence and with boldness. So, uh, what what else are you? You have any other thoughts on this, Rowdy? Yeah, I think that's super important. Um, super important in today's culture. I mean, people are removing everything. Uh, they're putting everything in to lessons, schools, wherever mm. we're at, um, and removing God is really the first thing to go. You know, it seems yeah. like in the in the in the world today, yeah. Um, and it's really, really disheartening and super encouraging uh, when you get to get into a place. When I go in to speak at schools or football mm. teams, wherever I'm at, um, I I preach about Jesus unapologetically. You know, and I know those teachers are bound to some laws, and there's some coaches um, that that really help me get in um, and get in those 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 hallways and and things like that, and into those positions. And I'm thankful for it. Uh, but I'm also aware that I'm I, I'm the only one that's able to share this legally, right? Like mm. the worst they'll do is tell me, hey, you can't come back to this high school anymore. Um, and that, that stinks and it sucks, but I'll take it. Uh, but if that's the only chance these teenagers are going to get to hear about Jesus, then I'm going to do it unapologetically. And so I think it's super bold if, if you're listening right now. Please, 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 everywhere you are able to tell people about yeah. Jesus any yeah. way that you can. And, and we're not going to live perfectly. You know, we sure. all blow it. And sometimes it's the way we respond to the ways that we blow it that yeah. makes the difference. But also, uh, also, we need to do our best to live it out. We yeah. need to live with joy. And and people are watching. And, and, and it's contagious. You know, it's contagious uh, when, uh, when you're living for Jesus. Yeah. It brings joy into your life. Yeah. And we need to share that with the people around us. So I want to encourage you. Yeah, be praying for your friends. Let's look for these opportunities. And uh, God's going to use us in ways beyond what we can imagine. Yeah. Okay. So thank you so much for joining us. And I look forward to seeing you real soon. Have a great one.
Thank you for joining us for this week's Connect podcast. If you liked what you heard, then be sure to like, share, comment, subscribe, rate. We want to spread this good word to everybody we can who needs to hear this message. I hope you have a great week and I look forward to you joining us next week for the Connect podcast. Oh,